this is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Bitcoin Focus Show. Strong hand! All right, we've got Caitlin Long for you today. When she was first on the This Week in Bitcoin Show a year ago, this is just a focus on everything she said. For all you people with short attention spans, it's only 25 minutes. It cuts out all the fluff. It's just pure knowledge from Caitlin Long. Check it out. Pound that like button. See ya. Sure. Thank you. It's great to be on your show. Uh, financialization is a word that to me brings negative connotations. I realize that's Trace's sixth network effect. And he and I were talking about that before the backed announcement came out, which is the first real move to using physical Bitcoins. Again, I know physical kind of, you've got to put in quotation marks, that's a financial market term to distinguish between synthetic, which is all cash based and physical, which is actually settling in the underlying. But, but financialization, a lot of financialization is bad. So you really do have to be very careful to distinguish between the good and the bad type. Financialization is basically what Wall Street does for a living. It, and, and Wall Street creates, regularly creates, as standard operating procedure, more claims to an asset than there are real assets. That's, that's financialization. And of course, the Austrian school economics folks among us would recognize that as what Mises would have called circulation credit. And I need to distinguish here, good financialization includes the regular one-for-one -one backed debt. There is absolutely nothing wrong with debt. There's absolutely nothing wrong with, co wrong with coin lending as long as it's 100% backed by the real on-chain coins. When you start to actually have off-chain claims to Bitcoin that are sold as if they're Bitcoin and they're no longer linked to the, to the actual blockchain itself, that's when you start to get that circulation credit creeping in. That's the bad type of financialization. I've called it leverage-based financialization. Another way to call it is uncovered claims to Bitcoin that are not 100% backed by real Bitcoin. There are lots of ways that Wall Street does this. It's very insidious, and because of the way the accounting works, auditors don't even catch this either. It's something that builds slowly over time, and unfortunately, I think it's probably coming to Bitcoin. All right. Now, that just scares everyone right there. That last line. Unfortunately, it's coming to Bitcoin. Yeah. But how about <laughs> it, you can keep track of it on the blockchain. You can require these companies uh, give out a, a public address. You, you're they're going to be able to get away with this somehow. You're Nobody's right. doing that, right? L look at the products that are already out there involving physical Bitcoin. Look at GBTC. Look at LedgerX. Are they disclosing public keys? Nobody's doing that. I, I think that Nick Batia wrote a Medium post, and I give my hats, hats off to him, saying, if we really want to do this right, and you are going to be commingling Bitcoin in what's called an omnibus account instead of holding it for individual customers on Wall Street, you really need to be disclosing those public keys. And uh, and I've been saying that to the regulators too. Use the blockchain to your advantage. You can track this stuff and, and verify that there are no shenanigans happening behind the scenes because gap accounting is not going to pick this up, which means the auditors are not going to pick it up either. All right. Now, okay. So bad financialization, it's coming. But let's Good financialization is also coming, correct? Yeah, okay. yeah, sure. It's already here. It's already here. So yeah. this is, we got to look at both sides. Now, again, we, 
people are going to say, oh, it, it wasn't meant for the banks. Bitcoin wasn't meant for the banks. We can't stop it. It's a done deal. They are coming. They're not the Messiah. They're not the devil either because in the end of the day, if there is a big custodial hack one day, if there is this bad financialization, I think people will demand that, you know, the, the public keys are uh, revealed or are, are given out, you know, right? Right. I mean, Caitlin, from what you've seen here, I mean, you're involved on a, a lot of levels on Wall Street here. Do people even understand uh, what a public key and what a private key is? Are, or are they just getting into this for greed? Well, you mean the people on Wall Street or yeah, or yeah. Users? It, it, it just yeah. it's seen, well, and then regular users too. It, it's it, there's a lot of there's a big learning curve here. There's just a big yeah. Learning curve. Look, I think the early adopters of Bitcoin clearly understand what the difference between a public key and private key is. Hats off to Andreas Antonopoulos and others who have been saying until they're blue in the face, you don't own your Bitcoin if you don't control your private keys. But um, Wall Street isn't built for that. Wall Street is not built to handle bearer instruments. They haven't handled bearer instruments since, you know, stock certificates went immobilized and dematerialized. Those are the words that the lawyers would have used in the 1970s, right? So now you've got not just bearer instruments, but digital bearer instruments that Wall Street's going to have to start managing when it's dealing with physical Bitcoins. Big distinction, by the way, the cash settled contracts, I don't care about those because the Fed can always bail out an institution if it gets in trouble with cash settled futures contracts and the like, but the physical settled Bitcoin futures, that's different because Wall Street has to touch these physical Bitcoins. And we all know what's happened, how many hacks there have been in the custodial exchanges. They are, there, there is not 100% security in those custodial exchanges. For the most part, even, even when there was a big run on Coinbase a couple summers ago, Everybody survived it, right? And that tells you they're not really playing three-card Monty behind the scenes, we hope. But we have no way, even with those custodial exchanges, to know whether they're playing three-card Monty. They don't tell us what, what their public key addresses are. All right. These are, we're talking about billion dollar, tremendous companies that are going to end up with these custodial accounts because everyone is, so many people out there only are going to feel comfortable to own Bitcoin through these traditional financial mechanisms, which is, again, you just said Andreas gets blue in the face screaming, you know, control your private key. Right. That's the only way you own and it. People, right. people don't get that though. They're not, they're, they don't get it. And that was the, so anyway, they, they, these big corporations are going to become Bitcoin banks. Okay. Yeah. And these, cause what, even though they are the richest corporations on the planet, are they going to be able to have an unhackable account, uh, unhackable custodial organization or is one of them eventually going to get? It's it's a honeypot. I, 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 Absolutely, you can, tell, you can tell where I'm going with this. I of think course. I think one day it's there's one day Bitcoin is going to be worth eighty thousand dollars, and one of these things is going to get hacked, and it's of going course. to be it's going to be something like we've never it's seen. Be ugly, absolutely. And and the size. I just was having this conversation yesterday with some important people in the industry. Uh, the size of the Wall Street firms compared to the size of the crypto exchanges, we're talking about very different zip codes here. Because Wall Street is mass market and, you know, the crypto exchanges, it's the early adopters, maybe some of the early majority that, that are, um, you know, that, are, that are, have been involved. I think in the, you know, in the, in the big bubble that happened at the end of last year, you know, Coinbase was opening something like a million new accounts a day, right? A lot of those folks probably don't understand. They don't really own Bitcoin. They own an IOU from Coinbase. 
uh, right? Uh, but but the, the, the magnitude of the Wall Street money that's going to be coming in here is a different zip code because it's institutional money. And that's, that's why this is it's so important to get this right. And to your point, I am reasonably certain that one of these guys is going to get hacked. Virtually every custodial exchange has already been hacked. And I will also say the engineers who are in charge of those custodial exchanges, they've been tried by fire. The engineers of the big Wall Street firms, I worked there for 22 years and very familiar with how they work and how their, how their tech platforms work. They have not been tried by fire. And they, this is not a skill set that Wall Street technology platforms have, which is managing digital bearer instruments. So I, I, if I were forced to keep my Bitcoins at a Wall Street firm versus a custodial exchange like Gemini or Kraken or Bittrex, I'd rather choose one of the latter because they've been tried by fire for, for years and the Wall Street firms have not. And they're going to be doing this in very large size. And the, and the thing that really bugs me, I'll be very, very clear about this, taxpayer-backed Wall Street firms should not be leveraging Bitcoin. And it's going to happen. And that's what, uh, and, and it's going to burn them. Wow. Pound that like button, everyone. We're getting some real honest talk here. And again, I, I want to I point out, she, you made a very interesting point there. You're comparing two different types of custodial accounts, the ones that have been tried by fire, the Coinbase of the world, and then the, the future ones that are going to be controlled by these tremendous organizations. And it all sounds scary. But remember, people, you can avoid all that simply by getting your Trezor, your Ledger Nano, and controlling your own private key. I mean, it is it, you. this all sounds scary, what she's saying, but the simple answer is it, control your private key. And then you don't have to worry about these shenanigans. Sure, there's going to be a huge hack one day that is going to hurt the fiat price of Bitcoin. You all have to be comfortable with that fact. That one day there is going to be a tremendous hack like you've never seen before that's going to freak out the mainstream world. But you'll still have, you will still have the same amount of Bitcoin. All right. Well, they're never going to be 100% comfortable with it. I, th I don't think anybody who uses it is 100% comfortable with it, right? It's, it's, to be honest, um, because it is scary. It's a digital bearer instrument and you're always worried that something's going to go wrong or that you're going to get hacked or, uh, you know, kidnapped or something, right? It's digital bearer instruments that inherently have higher risks. That you have to take responsibility for, but uh, but but yeah, Wall Street is going to rehypothecate. I, the perfect example of this is Citigroup announced this week that it's going to be creating depository receipts for Bitcoin. Okay, a depository receipt is just a it's just basically like a little trust account that's going to hold Bitcoin and it's going to clear and settle through the depository trust company. We haven't mentioned them yet, but basically that's where a lot of the sloppy accounting. Keep, takes place in Wall Street that allows a lot of, of of the accounting systems to get out of sync with one another. And the big example of that is Dole. the Dole Food case, right? Right, where one third more shares were created in Wall Street's accounting system. These were valid legal claims to Dole Food shares that didn't exist. And that happens through the DTC. And so when I saw that Citigroup is doing this depository receipt with the DTC, I just laughed because we're trying to fit the square peg into the round hole. And, and, and there are going to be accidents here. The DTC is not set up to handle clearing and settlement for a digital bearer instrument. And, you know, if anybody wants to set up one for one non-leveraged non backed, uh, non-leveraged based financialization Bitcoin, Godspeed, right? That's what all the cryptocurrency 
exchanges have done. And, you know, it does appear that they've survived the run on the bank. The big ex exception, of course, to date, well, a couple of them, Mt. Gox, of course, but OKEX most recently did a bail-in that, you know, that if you're playing around with leverage with, with cryptocurrencies, there is no lender of last resort. And so you really do need to be careful who you're doing business with because there isn't anybody to bail out those those crypto entities. What's different about Wall Street firms is that the clearing and settlement infrastructure is is fundamentally designed to lose track of who really owns what. And that there's fault tolerance. Um, Patrick Byrne refers to a John Kenneth Galbraith phrase, the bezel in Wall Street. And it's there, and it and it's not it's not necessarily purposeful. It's not necessarily nefarious. It's just inherent in the clearing and settlement infrastructure. So now Wall Street's coming and saying, "Well, we want to put Bitcoin into our clearing and settlement infrastructure." To use Jameson Lop's phrase, Wall Street needs Bitcoin more than Bitcoin needs Wall Street. I'm not sure I agree with that because okay. one of the one of the big Wall Street folks with uh, for whom I have tremendous respect put it this way, that Wall Street needs to solve Bitcoin's scarcity problem. They look at that 20 million, 21 million cap and say, that's a problem. We look at that and say, that's a future. That's a feature, not a bug. They look at it as a bug, right? And so by creating these unbacked claims that people think are real Bitcoins and passing them off as if they are, they are going to bring more supply. That is why the price of Bitcoin dropped on the backed announcement, I believe. There wasn't a lot of other news in those first couple of trading days, and the price went down 20% on the backed news because markets, uh, this is the wisdom of crowds, markets discount future activities when they're announced into the price of anything on that day. And what this is, is a license for Wall Street to start creating unbacked claims to Bitcoin and in their words, solve Bitcoin's scarcity problem. I don't think it's a problem, but they do. That mm. the that they are going to be creating, they are going to be artificially increasing the supply. That is their business model. They okay. are going to be creating unbacked claims to Bitcoin through all these various insidious mechanisms like rehypothecation, like margin loans at less than 100%, like collateral substitution rights in clearinghouses mm. where you can you don't have to post actual Bitcoin, you can post treasuries or cash on your exposures. There, there are ways, lots of different ways that, that, that unbacked claims to Bitcoin are going to start leaking into the system and they're inherent in the clearing and settlement infrastructure of Wall Street. Just quick addition, one of the things that would keep Wall Street honest, that would make me say, yes, you're doing this right, is if they actually offered clients, as you, as you said, a right to settle in physical. And you talked about it, we could just withdraw our Bitcoins. The problem is with the ETFs and with the futures contracts, there is no right to settle in physical. What they, when you sell, they're going to pay you cash. So that, uh, if they actually did give you the right to settle in physical, which I completely agree they should and would be easy to do, then it would keep them honest and I'd be a lot more comfortable. I would agree with that. The challenge, though, of course, is that the institutions like pension funds and mutual funds will naturally want to buy a Wall Street version of Bitcoin because it's because they want to fit it into their clearing and settlement infrastructure, right? They don't want to have to deal with holding their private keys. The huge pension funds like the CalPERS of the world absolutely could. They have the capability to do it. The big hedge funds are doing exactly that. But most institutional money is going to buy the Wall Street version of the product. And to quote Jim, Jim Grant uh, from his wonderful essay that was printed on the 10th anniversary of the financial crisis, talking about 
ETFs being the tail that wags the, the dog proverbially, he said, look, no one knows what's going to happen when there's a rush for the door in an ETF. Mm. And if indeed we have right. these unbacked claims that I strongly suspect are have crept into ETFs all over the place, just because I know how Wall Street's accounting system works, and you don't know this until you have a reckoning event, you couldn't have told how big that bezel was in the Dole Food situation until there was a merger. I experienced it in my pension business at Morgan Stanley until we actually tried to transfer all of the bond portfolio from the pension fund over to the insurance company that was providing annuities to the pensioners. And we were freezing things in place. So the musical chair stopped. We did not know that there was unauthorized securities lending happening in that account. It was not discoverable until you have that reckoning event. And what Jim Grant is talking about is these reckoning events are going to be ugly and, and you're going to see a big collapse in the price and the tracking errors uh, on those ETFs is going to be massive. I think he's right, but, I, but none of us can prove it because with only a few limited exceptions, we really haven't tested the ETF market yet. Yeah, I, I looked at the Vanex Solidex filing with the SEC for the ETF, and you'll be interested to, to know I have two beefs with it. The big ones are that the that they say nothing about custody. There's literally one sentence in there that says the trust yeah, is going to custody the Bitcoin. Thing, right? <laughs> right, exactly. And they say nothing about whether they're going to be lending it out. There's just nothing disclosed about custody. And the other beef I have with all of these Wall Street products is they're not making any commitments on forks or airdrops. Yep. Mm. So, uh, you know, what are you really buying? I, I was joking with a regulator I was speaking with re recently that I, I'm, a, I'm an attorney, but, I, but, I, but I'm non-practicing. I might reactivate my bar membership and start suing fiduciaries for buying some of this stuff because there's no promise in that it's being made to the investors. Where's the investor protection in this stuff when there's so no Kaylin, promise? Kaylin, question for you though. So what type of uh, kind of commitment would you expect? Because I think that's a very difficult thing to to expect from an institution regarding the fork. So what would you have yeah. in mind there? Well, it, it is interesting. I, I, I would, I must say GBTC is the best one of the ones I looked at, uh, in, including the, the synthetic ones, the CBOE and, and CME futures, which are cash settled. I was more interested in the physical settled because they have to actually deal with it as opposed to just try to track it synthetically. But, um, but GBTC is the best one. It actually is the most specific. Um, I think they, if I recall right, they actually are doing, they said something about whatever's the longest chain within 48 hours. Um, but, but one of the big, uh, but all, all of the other ones, including VanEck, essentially just says, the VanEck Solidex application says that our risk and management committee will consider the appropriate course of action. So right. basically, there's not, you have no enforceable, legally enforceable promise. You point out exactly the same thing is true in these other ETFs for other scarce assets like gold and silver. Uh, it, the, the SEC's job is investor protection and the, you know, sun, sunlight is, is, the, is the best uh, cleanser and they don't require disclosures on, on some of these things. Um, and, and again, the thing that's so amazing about blockchain is... We've got the actual public chain. Why not use that technology in forcing disclosures of public keys so you have a verifiable net asset value or you can verify that this, you know, your, 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 your financial institution is indeed not playing three card Monty with your own coins behind the behind the scenes. 
And again, I want to underscore, I'm not against banks. I'm not against, and I completely agree with your statement earlier that this they are always going to exist. It's the playing of the three-card Monty with the client assets. That's yeah, the issue. That. Long-term, can they manipulate the price? No. Long-term, nobody can manipul manipulate right. Bitcoin. They definitely can short-term. I think they already have. But but uh, no, Bitcoin's going to win. It's too decentralized. They can't control it. They And anybody who really tries to play three-card Monty, uh, to trace this point, the community will just fork them. Yeah. And, 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 and reveal the magnitude of the insolvency of the financial institution. This gets back to my earlier very strong statement. Any taxpayer-backed or Federal Reserve-backed financial institution should not be leveraging cryptocurrencies. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, they're definitely interested in Ethereum. So that's coming to um, right behind Bitcoin, maybe, I don't know, six months behind Bitcoin um, in terms of Wall Street creating, um, you know, Ethereum-based packages. And I think over time, their goal is to trade anything that's liquid and do what they do with anything that's liquid. So that, they're, you know, they're, they're not going to get involved in all these fights between the the, um, the the tribes, if you will, but in, in, in this in this industry, because... They just want to do what they do. They're they're, they're all about capturing bid offer spread and and um, inflating the supply of assets so that they can trade even more and capture more big op bid offer spread. They're and, you know and then they, then they take their money and run. This is not that uh, they're not going to get tribal about this. Whatever's liquid is what is whatever they're going to want to trade. Yeah, but I, am I a Bitcoin maximalist? Yes, I am. I think it's going to take twenty years um, for that to play out. And I do think that there's real room for other blockchains. I think Ethereum has amazing applications for tokenizing things. Will Bitcoin be the better use for that over time? Maybe, but right now Ethereum's got a lead in, in tokenizing assets. And, and, and there is real value to that uh, because I do believe that the corrupt that happens on Wall Street can be fixed by blockchain. And at this point it's wide open in terms of fixing the, the the cruft on Wall Street with blockchain, clearly Bitcoin has a big lead on money itself, and and really Ethereum's not really going after Bitcoin uh, in terms of monetary use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what are your thoughts on that? That's, it, that's crazy. It's a great question. I thought where they were going was a point that Andreas made uh, earlier, which is that the problem with Wall Street is because of the Bank Secrecy Act that Wall Street whales are going to be influencing the technology upgrades and specifically privacy upgrades. And he was making the point that the Wall Street whales would try to block privacy upgrades to the Bitcoin core software. And because they, they their compliance departments won't let them trade in any of the privacy coins. How would they be um, able to do, how would they be? How would they be able to well, do so that? Well, so his though? point, his point <laughs> is, since they can't, in other words, if the community forks, you know, upgrades upgrades Bitcoin Core to include privacy, all of the in all of its versions, and Wall Street can't follow that because they can't comply with the Bank Secrecy Act. His point is, Wall Street's going to fork into what he calls Corpo Coin, and that may very well be what happens if if. If, if a privacy upgrade takes place and Wall Street can't follow it for compliance reasons. But that your questioner asked a slightly different question, which, which is, wouldn't Wall Street want to benefit from that because they could play even more games if they do? And the answer is yes, but I think the, the bigger obstacle is Wall Street's not going to be able to because of the Bank Secrecy Act. They have to know their customers, they have to, to comply with anti-money laundering laws, and they also now have to own the know who the beneficial owner 
of the assets is. Trump has gone you know, in the very wrong direction on financial regulation. He's making it worse, not better. All the deregulation talk he's had in other industries, it's been, uh, there, he's done some good things, but in finance, he's gone backwards. We are getting, it's getting worse. In, in the Bank Secrecy Compliance Bank Secrecy Act compliance in financial services, so Wall Street can't deal in privacy coins. I just I'm just fascinated by the fact that the privacy edition is going to force them into a corner, possibly yes, to do this. It that will, it will, because they cannot adopt a private cryptocurrency. They can't. They couldn't be doing this with Monero, for example, or Zcash. Yeah. And, and with the funny, with there, you can see the beginnings of that, that truth, that basic truth, because Coinbase, which is not a big financial organization, they won't list Monero. They right. don't even know. Yeah. But that, that was exactly Andreas's point. Like, the, you know, the Coinbases of the world actually had a big impact on the debate last August. They didn't influence it. And, and again, back to my earlier point, I want to clarify, I don't think Wall Street's ever going to be able to control the debate. But are they going to have a big influence because they're whales? And again, we think Coinbase is a whale. Wait till you see core Wall Street market infrastructure coming in. Those the Coinbase is not going to be a whale compared to that. Yeah, well, it, Wall Street will just buy Coinbase for yep. pennies on the dollar. It'll be like them buying Poloniex. They'll laugh at it. Yeah, it's. I mean, what we've yeah. seen so far in the crypto space is really small compared to what's going to be happening now that core Wall Street infrastructure is coming into this space. It's gonna. It's gonna have a big impact. But will it control? No. But will it have an influence? Just like Coinbase did relatively last year, of course. It because these are going to be big whales. Well, pound that like button, everyone. This show has been freaking on fire. Any conclusionary thoughts? Hey, I would just add Trace's point, which is if Wall Street's going to come in and suppress the price with all these these games of fixing the supply problem, quote unquote, that just means that it's cheaper for the rest of us to buy it. And, and when I mean buy it, I mean buy it and keep your private keys because I completely agree with everything. Long term, this is going to be, you know, Wall Street can't really mess with this. This is what the Bitcoin is going to win. Uh, but that doesn't mean in the short term that they can't create buying opportunities for those of us who are not afraid to take our own personal responsibility for our own wealth. Excellent. Personal resp I love it. Personal responsibility is the new counterculture.